everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pick Up the Mic. Um, you're joined today with Jeffrey and Anoshka, as usual. Do you want to say hello, Jeffrey and Anoshka? Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. Very nice. Um, and we have a guest speaker today um, named Selma Fitui. Hopefully, I said that right. And yeah, you did. <laughs> perfect. Thank you so much for coming uh, to speak on our podcast. Um, and you are our second guest. Um, oh, cool. so, yeah, you take you take the front the front seats to our um, to our new endeavor. Um, and so to start, um, <laughs> we would love to know a bit about yourself to see how you're doing. You can tell our our listeners um, a little bit about yourself. Um, well, my name is Delma. We've already covered that. Um, I'm 18 years old and I'm currently a student um, and I plan to go to uni in September of 2021. So yeah, that's about it really. Thank you very much for that, Selma. It was a really good introduction. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so I guess our first official question is in the last year or so, you know, the, the, the idea of BAME representation has definitely popped up a lot more than previous years, um, and I guess I guess the first question we want to we want to ask you today is why is BAME representation such an important thing? Why is it so important? Um, I feel like overall, I feel like it's a lot more important when people are like a, a lot younger because I think you're quite impressionable to your environment and things around you. So I do think that if you're not seeing a lot of that as you're growing up, it will have a lot a much bigger impact on you like as you go older but I feel like especially now that I feel like I even when I don't see like fame representation in places because I'm aware of like what's going on it doesn't really affect me as much but I do think it's very important especially um as like children like black and brown children are growing up I do think it's very important that they see themselves being represented no, definitely. Um, I definitely agree. And I think um, that's one of the things that people, especially in like the last year, have said, you know, people growing, growing up with like a diverse range of people and a diverse, you know, background of whether it's culture or religion or race. Um, it does help you to, you know, open your open your thinking. So, yeah, thank you very much for that. That is yeah, really good. No worries. Thank you, Summer, so much for that answer. Um, so following on from Jeffrey's question, um, I just want to ask you that as somebody from the BAME community, how does a lack of representation affect you? Um, I feel like, as I said before, I feel like when I was younger, I feel like it affected me a lot more because obviously, like you look around you and what you're seeing and all of that type of stuff. And if you're not seeing yourself represented, it's a lot harder to picture yourself in certain spaces. But then there's, I feel like there's a flip side of it because I feel like when you're younger as well, you do think you should do anything and all of that stuff. And I didn't really think um, that my race would stand in the way of that. But um, I do feel like now, as I'm a lot older and as I'm like reading more and like learning more stuff about it and all of that stuff, I'm not, I don't know. I feel like when I just, when I see the lack of representation, like I'm very aware as to why that is. And like in terms of the media and all of that stuff, like I, I'm like, I'm very like aware to like how, they work regarding like um black and brown people so I'm like not I'm not as um what's the word you're not like not as taken back by it kind of yeah so you were saying that uh when you're younger 
you just you can you think like the sky is the limit and nothing really kind of clouds your vision um and then yeah. you're saying as you get older you kind of understand why but do you not feel that it holds you back a little bit even when you're older to, to not yeah no definitely yeah, yeah yeah no definitely I do think of course like the world we live in it's like equality's not it hasn't yet become like a normalized thing so I do think of course mm-hmm. like anybody who's like from an ethnic minority is going to hold you back like especially of course if you're like the women on top of that it's going to yes, hold you back or, like sure. if you're part of the LGBT community it's going to yeah, also yeah. hold you back so like I definitely think like that is the case um and I think I'm like very aware of that um I know I just feel like personally when I'm I'm like when I'm planning things or when I'm trying to like get into something you know I just try even though I'm aware that it will hold me back I just try and not make that the main like issue or like the main do you know what I mean the main yeah, things the and I feel like yeah yeah because then otherwise I feel like that I'm already even though I'm already like gonna be put steps backwards I feel like I'm just gonna put myself even further back if I try and like get into my head about it yeah I completely understand that's a really good answer thank you <laughs> you're welcome Thank you so much, Selma, for explaining um, about your experience with representation. And as we know, representation can help add perspectives that aren't seen and add voices that aren't heard to so many people, um, which gives us the ability to bring about a positive change where we can add to society. Um, But also, uh, I wanted to talk about the process of bringing equality in by taking away Uh, And not taking away the voices of people that are underrepresented, but taking away harmful messages that have been encoded into our education and institutions. Um, So I study psychology and in psychology, you know, we we learn now, it's part of our education that um, people used IQ levels and people still sometimes try to use IQ levels to try and generalise populations, uh, generalise races, um, which we know is a scientific fact of being absolutely insane but people still do it um so how can we bring these bring these into the light and then how can we sever these corrupted old beliefs that are passed down to communities is a question that a lot of people are asking but basically um what we were wondering today is how can decolonizing education help encourage fame representation um so i think ironically in order to like um make people aware of how um integrated certain like beliefs and like ignorant beliefs are within the education system I feel like it takes just educating people on the matter um and just like when they're like for example in terms of like history and stuff in schools like giving students the option to learn about like other topics like especially I feel like in terms of like black history like there's a lot more to it than just slavery so like teaching students um like more like more about what happened in the past like before all of that I feel like usually especially like when I was in school whenever we'd learn about black history that was also that was always like the focus point was um slavery or it would be a day on Martin Luther King but that was it so I think it was I think a lot of it is to do with just like providing a wide range for people to like choose from and not just having the same set topics which don't actually represent um black history as a whole I feel like I've kind of taken a run onto black history <laughs> um, yeah no that's perfect and I think 
a point that maybe you're trying to make as well is that black history isn't just slavery. We can't think, yeah, exactly. Think, hey, they were slaves and now they're not. Like, or hey, these people were. You know, you, you can't just take a group of people and say that's their only history. That's just yeah. Ever. So yeah, I think even though educating about slavery can help understand what happened in the past, there's there's a there's groups of people all over, all over the world who have such yeah, rich, exactly. deep histories with like massive amounts of different thoughts, different philosophies, different ideas, different ways of living that have gone on, you know, for thousands of years and generations before to take um, just a small snippet of history um, and to, to, to play that on repeat all the time isn't always the healthiest thing. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, yeah, I agree with that point, 100%. Wow, yeah, thank you very much for that, Selma. That was a really good answer. And um, yeah, I definitely think decolonizing education, especially, you know, what we've seen in the last year, people have said that decolonizing education will help representation. Um, like you said, like not only for people from Bain backgrounds, but also um, in the Jewish community as well, talking about the whole of Jewish history and not just focusing solely on the Holocaust. So, you know, these atrocities and histories that happened to these groups because they had history before then and they've had history since um so yeah i think it's definitely it's, it's very important to be talking about these you know these other periods in history um like the the king of mali which you know at some point was supposedly and i think even currently to today was is counted as the richest man in the world um but we'll just have to wait and see if elon musk decides to invest in some other crazy tech um or like Sam said said before, you know, he's looking to space. So who knows? He might he might suddenly decide to get more income. Um, but yeah, speaking about uh, representation, you know, while like we said, you know, doing it from a, like the educational basis is very good, and you know, even government intervention and you know, promoting schemes and you know, activities to help promote BAME representation is very good. What can we as individuals do to promote BAME representation? I think that's one of the things that, you know, we people might not be sure of what they can do. So just what, what could some of our listeners do today to help promote BAME representation, whether it's in their field or um, just within where they work? Um, I think like an, an important thing is to, like not take up like space where it doesn't concern you like I feel like especially in terms of when discussing issues around black and brown people of course like advocate for like equality and all of that stuff but I feel like let those people speak on their experiences and like without interference or without interruption and like oh when you were speaking about schemes and stuff what I've realized is I feel like in a lot of places even like my sister was speaking about like in like um work and stuff whenever it's like um what's the word like discrimination interventions and like how to teach people how to like not discriminate others a lot of the time it's people who aren't of um who aren't like black or brown who are like teaching these classes so I feel like in terms of like that as well it might be a lot like if you obviously don't have that experience like and it might be a lot harder for you to like you know teach somebody so I think one of the main things is just not taking up spaces where it doesn't concern you I think no 100% I I definitely agree and I think that's where and I think that's why people are saying like in the last year or so 
that's where, you know, a lot of complications have occurred because, you know, there was, and I think that's what people were saying about the black squares that, you know, everyone was posting last year. Um, And like that had its own, like, you know, it started off as just to be a day to remind people, you know, like just, just take a time off social media. Like we live in a world where, you know, there was the the murder of George Floyd and, you know, all these uh, different like police brutality um, incidents in America. And then, you know, it was just supposed to be a day of reflection, you know, just take this time off to just post, uh, you know, you're supposed to black square to be like, think about it. And then it became like its own thing where people were just, just putting out black squares. And then there was this whole thing of, you know, people just putting no infant, like no text, no explanation for the black square, but we're just going to put up a black square, even like organizations as well. There was like, you started to see like organizations just tweeting out a black square and it was just like blackout Tuesday. And then it was only until like later on, you saw people saying like, no, I'm not putting up a black square and just putting a hashtag because it's a trend because people are doing it. There were people like putting up like Martin Luther King quotes or like other quotes to represent like, this is why, or even people, even if they put up like a black square, they were just like, we need to stop uh, like police brutality against black people in America or African-Americans. We need to use like this, this day to like really reflect. And I think that's what it was supposed to be. It was just supposed to be a day of reflection. And, you know, like you said, it was, it was then turned into its own thing. And um, I know some people said that they felt like some companies were using, even to this day, are using like Black Lives Matter as like a, as like a, not necessarily like a buyout, but like using it to promote themselves and be like, oh, you know, we, 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 you know, we, we're doing all these changes. Um, but that was one of the things that, uh, you know, as a as a black person, I did think about like have all these organizations done the stuff that they they said they were going to do. Um, so yeah, no, definitely, I definitely agree with you. Like giving people the space to to lead on their experience. You know, if um, as a person who isn't of color or isn't a part of the Bain community, you, you you're leading these these groups. Um, you know, giving people the, the the space to say their honest opinions um, and experiences. And I know that they. Uh, at Brunel specifically, they had like a focus group about that. And that was one of the things that was highlighted that, you know, this is a safe space. Um, feel free to like tell your opinions and say, you know, your experience of racism or discrimination at Brunel. Um, so yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree with you giving people, and I think especially like letting them know that it's, it's not just a trend. Like Black Lives Matter isn't a trend. You don't need to just put the hashtag in the post and that's it. Like doing the simple things of like supporting your your black friends, even if you know, um, I know for for health reasons, um, I I couldn't go out because uh, you know I my, I live with with my family and I don't want to put them in a vulnerable position. But last year, you know, with the the protests, um, I was still putting things in my, in my, you know, Instagram feed and signing petitions and donating to charities because, you know, while I might, or, you know, I know there's some people who might not feel comfortable going out to do protests. um, There are still other things you can do. So doing things like signing petitions, even like having a conversation with your friend, um, you know, open conversation because they might not be able to, to, you know, they might feel like they can't talk to anyone about their experiences. Um, so yeah, I think those are a few things that are just really important to raise um, from this from this question that I want people to take away with. Uh, yeah, thanks, Alma. That was a really interesting answer that you had there. So 
Um, so yeah, so we just spoke about what we as individuals can do to promote the BAME community and BAME representation, but what would you say to somebody who isn't part of the BAME community but still wants to promote the community? Like what, what one piece of advice would you give to them? I'd say like whatever you're going to do, do it from like a genuine place. Like don't do anything out of wanting approval from like social media or like people around you. I think if you actively want to help, then do it because you want to and not because you want to receive anything in return. Um, But I'd just say like, I don't know, like just make a cautious like effort. I feel like now, even like myself, like when I'm like shopping and stuff like that, I do like actively try to look into like um, black and like Asian like owned brands, like especially if they're on a lot of like a smaller scale, like I do try and support those. Um, so yeah, I just think it's just like making like caution decisions in like everyday life. And like, if you'll see something which isn't right, be careful on it. Um, and yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a really good, yeah, really good answer. And it also kind of links back to the fact that all these game grooms are underrepresented and, you know, they, they're discriminated against the, there's a lack of opportunities. And as we were speaking about before, there's an absence of role models. So any kind of, um, promotion from people outside the BAME community will definitely help I think mm. yeah definitely I think speaking up is like the main one like especially if you're not from like a BAME community you won't I don't think you'll receive your voice is going to be heard to like a wider audience so I think yes exactly speaking up is a big thing yeah exactly yeah and I just wanted to add to that um that you know I think with anything whether it's um you know to do with racism discrimination sexism they, they have said like if you're if you're, and I think you know in the last couple of weeks we've or not even last week in the last year we've seen different things of you know there was the um murder of Sarah Sarah Evelyn um and there was also you know the things with George Floyd as well the increase in Asian hate crime and that's one of the things that people did say like if even if you're not a part of the group don't feel like you can't help support the group you know, every like uh, I think, like you said, Selma, um, while using social media is like a good way to start. Like, have those conversations. They and I think that's what people say. They are difficult conversations to have, but it's better to have a difficult difficult conversation and you bring about change and you change whether it's an individual's life, an organization structure, or things like that. Then it just being unsaid. And I think one example of this is um, with. Uh, so Serena Williams' husband, um, I think he's either in charge of Reddit or Snapchat. I don't remember. It's a tech oh, company. Oh, it's Reddit. Reddit. Yeah, Reddit. Um, thank you. And he was, he like left his position. Um, he left his position because he said he feels like a person of colour should be feeling, should be in that position. And even like last year, we saw, um, you know, people in TV shows who, uh, in animated TV shows, that is, um, who were like, they were people who weren't black or weren't Asian voicing these characters. And they said, you know, after what's, what's happened, I can't play this person anymore. I'm, I'm, you know, it's not right. And I think stuff like that, like allowing these under, like if you're, a, you know, I wouldn't say overrepresented group, but if you're a group that has that position of power, using that to allow yourself to support these underrepresented groups is like, it's the, it's the first and best step to help um you know, to help improve um, diversity and increase representation. So, yeah, thank you very much for that, Selma. No worries. So this episode's 
uh, MC of the month is going to be the UCL institution of education. So this might throw people off because, um, you know, it's not it's not an individual this time. Um, but the reason why we've picked the UCL Institute of Education is because they do a lot of work to highlight, you know, gaps, whether it's in education or underrepresented groups um, in education. They actually do help to to, you know, explain these, like why these factors, like why things happen. So like, for example, the pay gap within men and women, uh, you know, in different fields, uh, they, they do research on that. Um, but specifically linking to, you know, this episode's theme of like fame representation, they released an article uh, in December, 2020, uh, they released uh, research, sorry, um, from December, 2020, that basically said like in the whole of, um, let me just, let me just, I think it was either England or the UK. Um, almost half of the schools have no BAME members of staff, uh, have no, sorry, have no BAME teachers. Um, even where there is like diversity among staff, the same thing of like what we, what we said before about senior leadership within these schools being made up of just majority uh, people who aren't a part of the BAME community. Um, and this has basically meant that, you know, like, like Selma said before about people who are, you know, from BAME, from BAME groups um, going through school and never seeing their background represented. Um, even, even within that, they've said that, you know, re their research has showed that uh, people from BAME backgrounds faced, they, they described it as like a hidden workload of tackling race, uh, racial inequalities in schools, which has meant that, you know, they, they feel like burnt out, they feel super tired. Um, and yeah, it's basically, uh, this research has been really good because it's highlighted that, you know, we, we've spoken about like decolonizing education before, and it's, it's highlighted this idea of, is the education system really making you know, changes. And, you know, they've said that you know, obviously there still has been an increase, uh, though be it small, in the portion of BAME uh, teachers over the last decade, there is still a significant gap between the portion of BAME, uh, from BAME students in schools and BAME teachers. Um, so, yeah, so they're our MC for this month because we believe that, you know, the research they're doing is pivotal to helping to, to show that there is a real need for change. Um, and, you know, they, they actually, you know, hopefully will be able to help implement these changes on whether it's a local, national or regional scale. So, um, yeah, we look forward to seeing any more from that, but feel free. Uh, they've got a website, I believe. Um, so feel free to check out the UCL Institute of Education. Um, but yeah, we've now come to the end of the episode. So thank you very much for everyone for listening. Thank you very much, Selma, for being on this episode. You've provided our listeners with, you know, vital and important information that they need to be aware of. No worries. Anytime. Thank you for having me. No, thank you. And uh, yeah, so I guess, yeah, this is the end. So uh, thank you everyone for listening. We hope you look forward to our next episode, which will be coming out shortly. So keep an eye out. Um, and if you haven't already listened to our previous episodes, uh, they are also either above or below. Um, I'm not too sure, but you'll see them when you're, when you're listening to this podcast. So thanks everyone. And we hope you have a great day.